This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And welcome to Get The Table, another wrestling roundtable discussion podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn, and one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Hamflet from What Culture, here to discuss another burning wrestling issue. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we review Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW, Dynamite, pay-per-views. We have interviews, more roundtable discussions like this one, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Hamlet. And sir, we are gathered here. We are socially distanced here today, for now at least, to ask the question, could this year's SummerSlam be the best ever? And before we uh, dive into this year's, I suppose we should answer the question, Michael Hamlet, what was, up until 2021, the best SummerSlam ever in your book? Well, oh, it's a couple of decent candidates. It's hard to look past uh, SummerSlam 2002. I think yeah. I've not got a lot of love and praise for 2002, but my word does that card stand up. Uh, Kurt Angle and Rey Mysterio set the place on fire in like the first like 10 minutes of the show mm. with just this white hot opener. Brock puts Rock, sorry, Rock puts Brock over clean as a sheet in a like kind of exhilarating main event where the next big thing was actually proven to be true rather than just market and bluster. Uh, you wept tears of like fear every time Shawn Michaels took a back bump because you just thought he was going to put himself back into four more years of retirement in what was maybe, someone's going to flame me for this, but probably Triple H's last great match. Um, mm. like, truly, truly great. Uh, and just a really decent undercard. Decent to very good undercard. Uh, lots to really like about it. There's like, you know, I got lots of nostalgia for some of the Summer Slams of my youth. Um but as an as an end to end card, it's kind of hard to compete with two thousand two. Mm, yeah, I mean two thousand two was the one I immediately thought of. Obviously, there's more classic ones, but certainly in recent years, I'm not rushing to go back and watch the entire show of of any mm. recent Summer Slams. And yet, this year's is arguably one of the biggest shows WWE has put on in terms of yes, it's going to be huge, Legion Stadium, blah 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 blah. 
but as a, a real line in the sand, a real moment in time of them going, right, we've had all this crap, uh, not just with the pandemic, but their booking uh, for the last 18 months or so. But promise we're going to try now and we're going to hopefully give what you what you want. And we've talked so much uh, in the past about how WWE, uh, when it's something they can't control, i.e. a pandemic or mumps causing them issues, they, for all their faults, always try and make up for it. They are the terrible other half who knows they did wrong, but don't worry because they bought you a car or something like that. <laughs> this year, they are, according to reports and rumours anyway, just trying absolutely everything. I will caveat this, Michael Hamlet, because we tend to have very bad luck with these sorts of things by saying we are mm. recording this on Thursday afternoon, going out on Sunday. So if, I don't know, John Cena and Brock Lesnar announced that they are doing a movie project and that's that and do not expect to see them in August. We're going to be talking about it. We talked about Roman Reigns and Rey Mysterio last weekend. What do you bloody expect? Come on. Uh, but talking of Brock Lesnar, I am insistent, and I've never been wrong with this, that him <laughs> not being involved in SummerSlam is a work the reports, conflicting reports, left, right, and center from Meltzer, from Sean Ross Sapp, no crap, just Sapp from uh, Fightful, about whether or not WWE have been in contact. I always say it doesn't matter if they haven't been in contact yet. They never do until like July. But what do you think, Hamflet? Is Brock Lesnar returning? And, uh, and if he is, who would you like to see him work with? What I think is that you're one day going to have to say something like, he's like a drink without a seltzer, it's Dave Meltzer. Because the rhyme <laughs> the rhyme is as important as the news source at this point. Um, I, I'm with you, 100%. Uh, we talked about this um, on a, another podcast a few weeks ago where Paul Heyman had delivered that kind of intentionally cryptic sort of sales pitch almost. Brock Lesnar will do what Brock Lesnar wants to do. And we all know what Brock Lesnar wants to do, which is ultimately stay at home until he's paid not to. And I just think all the clues... Uh, pointing towards them wanting to spend big on making this show count. It's less about selling the tickets, it would seem, and more about ensuring that the people that have bought the tickets have the best time and want to come back again. WWE's um, sales have been slow elsewhere, outside of SummerSlam. We were treated to the bye-bye-bye uh, advert about six times during Hell in a Cell. Shame if just like one of those matches might have tried to sell a ticket instead of the <laughs> advert. But they, um yeah, like to kind of like they were playing the hand there. They were showing the hand that like things are maybe not as fast moving as they would like. But that's not been the case with SummerSlam, has it? People clearly see the, as you've said, the importance of the event, the importance of the spectacle, this feeling of much like WrestleMania, a first time, a kick out from the pandemic, all that kind of thing. You want to be there to witness a bit of history. You don't get these come around very often. So it's WrestleMania in SummerSlam's clothes. This isn't it. You've got a 70,000 seat stadium. The show's probably going to go about six ungodly hours or something. It's big. It's really, really big. Um and I think it behooves WWE to put on a show of that scale to remind fans what they've been missing. You want to be, ideally, you want to be sending the fans away from that marathon event thinking, oh, I need to do this again. And I need to do it in, because people are going to travel to this. So it's like, I need to do this in my local town. As soon as Raw's there, I want to be at Raw. And so, you know, as soon as the house show loop comes back to, I want to buy a ticket. And you just front load it as much as you possibly can. And, Brock Lesnar is a front-loading star. He's what WWE often do to add a bit of gravitas, to add a bit of stakes and meaningfulness to a pay-per-view. And we've talked about this before too. There's such a magic to 
like minimal appearances of Brock Lesnar and as part of the Raw brand for them to avoid the incredibly awkward question of which side is Paul Heyman on and the the thing that nobody wants to talk about. Like I almost like the idea of a sitcom thing. You know when they would have that cliched bit where a character's on two dates and the dates can't find out that the person's on two dates and mm. like, the character's rushing between tables at different restaurants or all that kind of stuff. Can you imagine them filming Paul Heyman trying to keep between the offices of his place on the tribal council and then outside Brock Lesnar's door fielding interview questions or whatever? And then, like, maybe he has to change his tie. He's got like, a blue one. Oh, Mrs. Doubtfire, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, and he, he walks into Roman's room and he's having the chat. And then Roman, why uh, change your tie, Paul? <laughs> oh, no, I, I, I spilt food on this one. You know, something like that. Like, the, it's no big deal tonight, but keep watching because it's going to be a big deal in six months, all that kind of stuff. Love it. I think it's great for the teasers of stuff to come. And I think it's awesome for the night as a spectacle. It doesn't really matter who he faces. you got a big match with Drew McIntyre on the cards if you want it, just there going begging. But him as a, theoretically, a raw superstar, I think is is the way to go. I think it's exciting on the night as well as being something that you can sink your teeth into long term. Yeah, I believe he's coming back. And I believe he's going to face Bobby Lashley, if I'm perfectly honest. Mm, yeah. Because, you know, I love Kofi, but he ain't taking the title from Bobby Lashley at Money in the Bank. That's the last hurdle, effectively, unless we have a cash-in, of course, for, for Bobby Lashley to clear. And what a nice change of pace. Brock Lesnar on his own, not necessarily as a bastard. Wouldn't that be mm. nice? Just to just to change it up. He doesn't have to be all sweetness and light and suffering succotash and all that. But MVP as the mouthpiece talking about Brock Lesnar and Brock Lesnar going, "You really don't want to do this." And how about this? Akin to that amazing thing in TNA with Samoa Joe and Kurt Angle. They don't touch until SummerSlam. They don't have a single finger laid on them. You can have, as a punishment, I don't know why I'm doing this, I feel very harsh, Brock Lesnar, F5, Cedric Alexander into oblivion. There's a little point to be made. <laughs> but it's just, it's right there. And like you say, the match could go, It hopefully it won't, but the match could go a minute and it wouldn't matter because the spectacle, finally, after all these years of Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley, especially with their MMA backgrounds, doesn't have to be an MMA fight. Calm down, everyone. But with their histories and their similarities, it's a no-brainer for me. Just like John Cena and Roman bloody reigns. It's great, this one. It's great. Like... Every rumour you read, you want it to be true. You do. Um, Roman Reigns, I've said this before, the, the No Mercy 2017 match where Cena raised his arm at the end was like a multifarious failure because, if anything, that match was so drab that people mostly remember the promos in which Cena absolutely ethered Roman. Yes. That's their prevailing memories of the series that was designed to make Roman a made man pass the torch off John Cena. It didn't happen. Didn't happen at all. He was scalded by the torch in the promos and he wasn't able to put out the burns in time for the match. Um, it's different now. Roman looks 50 foot tall compared... Roman now compared to Roman then. You know when Homer gets a gold statue of himself and he's like suddenly a giant in his fantasy? Yeah. That's what I think of when I see Roman Reigns versus the Roman Reigns of 2017. I, I, it's a perception thing. And John Cena would have to run headfirst into that and he would suffer the consequences of it. Um, what's great about John Cena is that he's the 1% for more than just his amazing, enormous wealth. He's the 1% because he instills exactly that much doubt in the result. When John Cena comes back, 
even if something as predictable as coming up against the Roman Reigns in the form of his life, because it's John Cena, everybody has to go, well, maybe, somebody's got to stop Roman. Oh God, what if they think John Cena's the guy to do that? And you have a one month run or something and you flip it back when, you know, there's, they can get two pay-per-views out of him. For example, you know, crowds are back. They might want to get something out of pushing John Cena as a champion for a short period of time, whatever. Maybe even run him at a Survivor Series so you can do Cena as a cha- in a champion versus champion match. It would, it would instill just enough panic in people that they might worry ever so slightly about the result. But in reality, they'd want to see Roman pound Cena's face into mush on the ground. Much in the same way Cena was doing to Huskers to Pig Boy last time we saw him in a 5 by 5 house. <laughs> they'd want to see that reverse with Cena on the bottom and Roman on top. It's great. I love the booking. I love the idea. I love the, um, we keep going back to this word, spectacle. I love the size and scale of this match in a 70,000 seat building. It. I feel like I mention this once a year and I don't do it to be smug. I just feel like it's worth people remembering if they've not seen it happen for themselves before. The smaller guy technical classics don't always work in a stadium. Mm-hmm. Big monsters, big megastars doing big men things always do. This would, this would be absolutely fine. Yeah, it, it's just, I, I don't know how I'd feel if genuinely this wasn't announced. Uh, we reported in the news today. He's there on Jimmy Fallon going, I don't know when I'm going to come back. Like he's going to turn around and go, Jimmy, don't tell anyone. But that's uh, <laughs> Slam. And yeah, it, the blueprint is already there from when John Cena fought Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. Oh, what could happen? I mean, it's a different situation, obviously, because Cena was champion. Oh, what what could it, what on earth could possibly happen? It's John Cena. Look, he's on all the titles. He could do, look at the records he could break. Oh, no. Oh, Roman's kicked out of the AA at one. And now look. Oh, it's okay. It's okay, John Cena. He's still got the STF. He'll do the, he's done the STF. Oh, yeah, Roman's... Roman spun around and yeah, <laughs> just like you say, in the words of Michael Cole, pound and grounding him. <laughs> and in addition to that, I'm, I'm going all out for this SummerSlam booking. There's, there's probably a podcast or, or something in me sitting down and just spelling out all of the matches on the car. We'll try and mention as many as we want to see uh, today, but I feel like, yeah, the, 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 I genuinely could write a, a, a 10, 15 point uh, match list for this. If that's the same card that the Usos win the tag titles and they've aligned and that's it, that's the visual at the end. John Cena, dead, not dead, obviously, but, you know, destroyed. And Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman, with that look that he's perfected of, oh, bloody hell, what have I created here? (laughs) And now the Usos, who are both now part of this family, part of this dynasty, standing tall with all the gold and maybe Dominic Mysterio turns on his dad or something. Just a thought. It's just a thought. It's just a thought. Okay. Okay. I had it. Look, uh, I'm not going to lie to you. Everybody knows we do a bit of prep before these podcasts. We're goddamn professionals. Um, I need to skip ahead because you said, you know, what other surprises should we expect? I got only one and it's not a surprise to anybody listening to this podcast. Father versus son. It's Dominic's (laughs) Goddamn show, Ray. It's Dominic's show. You should know that. You climbed a ladder for him once. He debuted last year. And this year, he's going to crush your head like the great Carl did. I want you biting down on condoms of blood for your son. That's what I want, Ray. That's my SummerSlam surprise. Right down that hard camera. Dribble condoms of blood for your son. 
You do realise we're recording this Thursday. It goes out on Sunday. Dom's already turned on his dad on SmackDown. <laughs> and he's uh, he's beat him in a hell in a cell, clean. Uh-uh. Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> Me texting you on a Saturday morning. Got us again, Wilborn. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Let's think about some of the other matches that we could get uh, at SummerSlam. And let's talk about some of the... Before we get to Becky Lynch, I want to talk about some of the more active women on the roster. What do you want to see from from a Bianca Belair? Because there is still a match out there that I'm hopeful for, for her. But what do you think? I think we'll probably hope for the same thing here. Banks Belair too. Um, Yeah. I love the potential piece of trivia that within the pandemic, Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair only fought in front of crowds as if their match was far too prestigious for the Thunderdome. (laughs) Um, Save it for the stadiums. Um, I think it's an awesome destination for a sequel. Uh, I don't, not that I don't care who wins, but I think you can make a sound argument for either woman winning. I, this isn't getting talked about a lot, right? If Sasha Banks doesn't come back until around SummerSlam. Let's say SummerSlam itself. Let's say they promote the match and she does a couple of promos, but ultimately we don't get the best of the boss again until SummerSlam. She would have taken an identical break to the one she took when it. a lot of people thought she was going to leave the company in 2019. WrestleMania at SummerSlam. She came out the night after SummerSlam and pulled the wig off and the blue hair was underneath. An identical period of time. How much did we miss Sasha Banks that summer? And it's like, oh, she's been gone. it's different this time. She's been waiting. She's not gone. She's just been waiting. She's been working smart rather than working hard. She worked a lot in 2020, one of the standout performers of the pandemic. This has been the perfect time to take a break. Just miss this last desperate post-WrestleMania. Oh God, are we back in the Thunderdome period? And rock back up in time for 70,000 people. Like that match was awesome in front of 20,000 that were all split apart, socially distanced. I cannot wait for the rematch in front of 70,000. That's what I want. I yeah. know, I think you'd add an ingredient, but I'd be just as happy with a singles match. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it was it, it's it's circling around similar things here. I would have the triple threat, Bianca, 
Bianca Belair, Bailey, Sasha Banks. But yeah, any any sort of combo of that, because we know they mm. can finish bangers. Obviously, you wouldn't do Bianca Belair, Bailey again, probably. But yeah, maybe maybe it's WWE, so they're going to WWE something, and they do Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks with Bailey as the special guest referee or something bonkers mm. like that. On the other side of things, my God, if they buggered up what's going on with Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. And there's someone waiting in the wings who can fix all that. Yeah, I um, I wrote an article coming soon to whatculture.com about five potential breakout stars and five potential wrestlers who are in big trouble. Can you guess where Rhea Ripley fitted into that list? Anyway, um, Becky Lynch came to mind while doing this article because... It has occurred to me that more than just her being like the last major star WWE made and the return of the star is always really cool, even if they're just coming back part time, which Becky Lynch might. I don't know. It's always just fun when a star returns. You can feel it in the air. Becky Lynch, no hyperbole, might be the savior of the women's division by (laughs) coming back. So you've got matches that you kind of pluck out of thin air. Becky Lynch versus Rhea Ripley. Um. Becky Lynch versus sounds very mid cardy this, but like so like Becky Lynch versus Mandy Rose or something. Those mm-hmm. things that just haven't happened before on Monday Night Raw, for example, that just weren't there when the man last came around. But Becky Lynch has so many cool loose threads with people. So she gave that belt to Asuka as a show of immense respect for the, in her mind, the, the greatest woman that she'd ever faced. And Asuka is now just twisting in the wind just floating there doing nothing. So that'd be awesome. Becky beat Shayna Baszler, but that feud felt very unfinished before Becky disappeared, before Shayna could get any afters. So she could salvage the run of Shayna Baszler. Becky Lynch, let's just be brutal about it. It could punch Alexa Bliss square in the face and no sound that stupid doll, right? (laughs) It just feels like so many things would be better if they were pivoting around Becky Lynch. And it's funny, that's what happens when you build a star. (laughs) That star comes comes in and elevates all the material that they're working around. Uh, Yeah, so I love a potential SummerSlam return for Becky Lynch if it is she wants it. I I just, like, I'm kind of craving it because women's divisions in bits and realistically, like even Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair, yes, I know people are probably tired of it in... 2019 because we've seen so much of it in 2018 but it's a proper legacy rivalry you know it's big it is big time it's a, it's a potential stadium filler if you want to go there i just yeah i think she fits so well into that division in terms of making things matter with the people on that show yeah it's so annoying that we talk about this all the time the the because the women they've got both on raw and smackdown smackdown is is vastly better particularly because as bad as they've been booking week to week on TV, at least when the pay-per-view comes around, they go, well, we've got to deliver on this rather than mm. with a bit of tail and go to the next pay-per-view. And and they understand at least who Bianca Belair is, even if they don't necessarily, but just, yeah, she's got, they need to work out what on earth Rhea Ripley is as well, because we talk about yeah. this every single week of, is she, you know, a tweener? Is she, baby face only when she faces Charlotte Flair is she are they both heels like we talked about this on Helena Cell they they can control what the noise the crowd makes and they didn't know on the pay-per-view so absolutely wild that like wild that yeah I'll I'll never forget the fact that they had to invent a noise called confused hum.wav just to press it for Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair staggering absolutely what an acknowledgement that was of how wrong this has gone but Becky Lynch coming back would fix 
not everything, but a lot of the issues that people have with the women's division, especially on Monday night raw uh, from Becky Lynch to Mr. Becky Lynch, hashtag feminism in the words of uh, John Oliver, Seth Rollins. Could it hashtag LTST? I mean, it's not LTST. People want to make it like, oh, yeah, this is Edge getting payback for uh, when Seth Rollins tried to kill him that time to bring back the authority. <laughs> but nevertheless, you put Edge into Seth Rollins' name on a bit of paper, you get me very excited. Yeah, um, people want it, it seems, and good for them, I say. I was bang wrong to think that people were bored of Edge in the run-ups to WrestleMania, as evidenced by the uh, response that Edge got. People were just clamouring for him. And that was nice, really. All cynicism aside, it was just nice. Edge had this amazing comeback, had the bulk of it taken off him by the pandemic and was clearly given a second bite by that audience in Florida that were just so pleased to see Edge. And your assumption is, is that that would happen again in Las Vegas. 70,000 people would be buzzing to hear his music, to see the spear, to see just Edge, this legend. Yeah, it's Matt. He's wrestled twice in front of crowds since he came back, since he took 10 years to get himself fit and he got the Royal Rumble. And he got WrestleMania this year. That's it. Those are the only matches, the only time he's put the tights on for audiences. So it's still special. It's still a treat. Um, and yeah, like it's. Do I think it? Do I think it'd be as good as people think? No, truthfully, I don't want to like piss on anybody's chips. I'm not so sure that match. Could, I don't trust WWE's ability to build to tell that story. And I don't think the match would maybe quite deliver on people's expectation, but it would look great. It would be, I think you have to think of the SummerSlam like you would at WrestleMania. And I've seen enough fantasy booking graphics in my time that have wanted Seth Rollins and Edge for a WrestleMania. So definitely, definitely, I think it fits a 70,000 seat at SummerSlam. I do. Um, I just measure your expectations for the quality of the match. But I think, again, going back to the like the little shortcuts that WWE love to take, spectacle, etc. I definitely think it fits the bill. Yeah, absolutely. It, it does not take a great deal of booking as much as it's a shame, you know, we're sort of bypassing Cesaro and amongst all this and who knows what's happened on SmackDown with regards to, to their feud continuing with their 50-50ing of it all. But yeah, it, it, it doesn't need anything, does it? It needs smarmy git Seth Rollins <laughs> in his snazzy little suits. <laughs> Grizzled old veteran coming out and saying... I love you. Remember when you tried to break my neck? I mean, it wasn't part of the story. It was just a point. We didn't know you were going to be able to wrestle again, but let's bollocks. Let's make it to a story. Um, in terms of all this surprise on the show, aside from Dominic Mysterio fighting his, his own father, is there, <laughs> anything, is there anything else? Because you've talked a lot, uh, and maybe it's already happened in your fantasy booking, uh, for example, about cash-ins. Or do you see anything like that happening in and amongst, in and amongst uh, SummerSlam? One, I do, yeah. Um, I just think I'm not necessarily always an advocate of the quick cash in, um, but I just think this year is maybe a little bit different. If you're not going to do it on the on the night itself at Money in the Bank, or possibly even on the post Money in the Bank Raw, if there's, I'm assuming there's people back in the building for that as well. Like we're yeah. kind of looking at Money in the Bank as a starting line for all of this, aren't we? I just think you got to capitalize on the crowds while they're at the hottest. It's got a it, like you want to have a cash in this time around that you can replay forever and ever and ever. Like fans have been desperate for that feeling of surprise, that feeling of shock and awe and all those emotions that a WWE live show when booked well can give you. And a money in the bank cashing allows for that noise without even the when booked well bit. It's just a big, big pop, you know, big surprise. Um, male or female, either belt, really. Um, you know, we're kind of, 
we've both pointed towards the champions being um, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar in the men's division. So for that reason alone, it feels more like a female cash-in. It feels more logical, um, either on Bianca or Sasha or Rhea Ripley as Raw champion. I just think you get the same response. I just think you get a big... If you book somebody in that to hold that briefcase, it was either a despised heel or a beloved baby face. You're going to get the perfect reaction when you see a cash in. So I'd absolutely welcome that. Um, major entrances, I think, would be nice. Use the space that you've got. Um, I saw a layout of the building, and it looks like they've got some cool, funky, cornered aisle. So, like, have a lot of fun with that if, if you're able to. Um, in your attempts, obviously, to make it very WrestleMania worthy. And I don't resent or rule out the return of the odd old legend, the types that would hang around backstage in awkward functions at Raw or SmackDown. Um, one or two. Our Ric Flair, for example. I'm plucking like names out of thin air, but you know the types. You know the ones they get in for those shows. Our Bret Hart, please, always. But like, just somebody, like not necessarily to work, but to add something special to the evening. Again, like you're looking at things that are going to generate the most noise from the crowd. And... Unfortunately, it's often not the stars of today. So go back to yesterday if you have to. Like the glass breaking is gonna get yeah, yeah, exactly. Like your eyes are rolling in the back of your head thinking of 70,000 people popping to Steve Austin when they've not been able to cheer at anything for 16 months. Like I know it seems like low-hanging fruit, or if you smell what the rock is cooking, like all that sort of stuff. Undertaker, even the lights going off. I'm not the biggest Undertaker fan, but I'm a human being and like I know what makes sense and what gets a wrestling crowd like gives you an easy win in front of a wrestling crowd. Like grab some of that low hanging fruit this time if you have to. And I don't think anybody will resent them for it. Mm. On that note, I was just thinking, just Googling as you were talking there, like home crown, you know, hometown pops, always, always great. Little Google, tell you guys from uh, Las Vegas, no order, at least build from there. Ryback, so just a... <laughs> Listen, man, always knew how to get himself back over and he hits a mean spear if there's a swimming pool anywhere nearby, so I wouldn't rule it out. But it's a one final thing. I've, I've, I've decided to just go all out because who bloody knows? It's huge summer slam. And if I'm booking it, I'm booking it all the way. And so one final surprise. I would suggest, I, I certainly don't think this is going to happen, but can you imagine... Right. First of all, A, it requires Sami Zayn to be Mr. Money in the Bank. OK, which is in long shot already or may already be not possible after what happened on SmackDown. But we all know what happens to a Money in the Bank holder. He just loses loads. But it also would kind of work with Sami Zayn. He ain't cashed in for a while in my book. Uh, if he does somehow, somehow become Mr. Money in the Bank. So give him a loss at SummerSlam bollocks who cares especially when he comes out and all we know is there's going to be a mr money in the bank summer slam address that will get everyone speculating as to what's going to happen akin to what you said there and he comes out and he says oh so great to be in front of all my biggest fans deafening booze obviously deafening and uh maybe he's He's all clean shaven now. He's tidied himself up because the conspiracy isn't real. Or maybe I got it wrong. I've got the money in the bank briefcase now. And you know what? SummerSlam, it's it's a it's a big day, isn't it? So let's give let's let's give someone an opportunity 
Let's just throw out, I don't know, an open challenge. Anyone who's in the back just happening to wear their gear, out you come and I'll, I'll, I'll let you have a match. We'll have a match, just you and I. And Daniel Bryan's music kits. <laughs> there it is. I was waiting for you, the person was going, I was like, Shayna Baszler's going to choke out Sammy Zayn. <laughs> cool, cool. Because we all know he ain't gone anywhere. Yeah, yeah, he's not going. He's not going AW, guys, sorry. <laughs> And just because he comes out and has a match on SummerSlam doesn't mean he's back. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, the reaction. Akin to, like you say, Stone Cold, Taker, yeah, yeah. Rock, whoever it may be. Like he is, in in my opinion at least. Yeah, exactly. Oof. Why do I do this? Again, why have we done this entire podcast? Because we're going to be disappointed. But anyway, let's conclude, Hamlet, by me asking the question of this podcast. Could this year's SummerSlam be the best SummerSlam Ever, absolutely. You know where? Oh Christ! I've just thought of another surprise debut on the card. Do you know how high WWE should shoot for on this one, Wilborn? Don't do it to me. Look up in the sky. How high, Adam Wilborn, should WWE fire for this SummerSlam? What should they be aiming for? What's the limit? If it's above the sky, how high should they be looking for this SummerSlam, Adam Wilborn? And who's going to debut at the show? And I don't know, Christ. Beat Brock Lesnar and win the world title just for you. How high? How high? To the moon! Of course it's going to be the best SummerSlam ever. Why would it not be? Genuinely thought you were going to say LA Knight, because when you look up the sky. <laughs> no, Christ, no. Jesus Christ, I do want this to be the best SummerSlam ever. I like the guy, but come on. But, we'll yeah, we can one. dream. Let us know your fantasy booking, what you expect from SummerSlam this year. And if you're going uh, on Twitter, at mm. what... At WWE Watch today. You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at Michael Hamflet. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcast from for daily wrestling podcasts. Apologies in advance if SmackDown or the weekend's events have already ruined this podcast, basically. But <laughs> now, isn't it? Uh, right. This has been Get the Table. My thanks to Michael Hamflet. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.